0: Like doing stuff with you I like all the stuff we do. I like doing stuff with
1: you do you like doing stuff with me too? live from New York it's the second edition of counterweight with myself Joel Goodwin and Eric Brazier um and we're gonna talk about cart life
0: yeah we're gonna talk about cart life We're gonna do it in a bit of a different way because uh, Joel is here in New York with me this week. Uh, because he came to Indicate East and we had a great time. Excellent. Yeah. It was and great. you came really because of Richard Hoffmeyer and cart life uh, and just wanted to have enjoyable experience. So it's with him celebrate cart life's success over the past couple of months. Uh, I guess the first question is you wrote in your end of year post uh, on electron dance, the little ending part about cart life being completely ignored and in the space of a month and a half that has almost completely changed yeah do you feel entirely responsible for that
1: (laughs) i think uh it's it's kind of weird. i pop me things up maybe Maybe you don't want to you don't want to say like, wow, you know, if someone had taken me out of the timeline, then none of this would have happened. But it does certainly feel like if it was wasn't for really trying to push that last year, you know, and then Doug Wilson did a lot, I think, from this year. I think he was encouraged um, Richard to check it into Indiecade. I'm not even sure how it made it to the IGF after that. Um, Magic, probably. Magic. But, you know, we had Idle Thumbs talking about the IGF nomination. And now it's like I think Cart Life is really exploded across the indie space most people into indie games have probably heard of it in some shape or form i don't know if actually people are going to play it because we've certainly seen lots of people online saying
0: yeah it looks kind of depressing yeah yeah well i think it's interesting right because uh, cart life was one of the 20 games i think that were playable throughout the entire three days of the festival so and it was almost never empty. No. Uh, someone was always playing it. I was amazed, and and it also generally attracted a crowd of people watching people play it. And it's not the most. I love Cart Life. It's not the most dynamic game to watch being played. It's certainly not exciting like HoKra or something. So I was I was heartened to see that. But I, I think you're right. I'm not sure what people were expecting now, and yeah so so we should probably just get right into this but uh there was a, a well-played and, and if you're not familiar with a well-played uh out there basically um i don't know i mean how, how would you describe a well-played it's a, sort of a, a weird thing uh, it's well they said it originated in in books it just like you know close close readings
1: i guess of a game and the actual well-played uh presentation format is more or less the same thing they just dissect a game over about half an hour we had like 30 flights of plumbing and Drew Davidson just played through the whole thing explaining everything and sp- and showing you things you might not s- see um to try and come up with an explanation for the story and um you know they all, we had uh, we had cart life done as well
0: yeah so uh cart life was done by by a guy named Nick uh, Fortugno and we're sorry if we're not pronouncing your name correctly but you should have an easier name to pronounce uh and it was interesting because you know i know you know off off uh off mic, you know, Joel has said, you know, he's waiting for the Cart Life backlash, um, which is a fair thing, I think. Yeah, and I think Nick's talk was was maybe the start of that. I don't know. <laughs> uh, you know, it was interesting. I think because he he basically started out his his talk, and the well playeds are thirty minutes long, basically saying, I think Cart Life is very ambitious. I think Cart Life does a lot of things that I want games to do that games don't do now or don't do well. But I don't like cart life, um, which was kind of a ballsy way to start it. And then he'd proceeded to talk about literary fiction and Huckleberry Finn for 15 minutes. Yeah. So I thought that was weird.
1: Yeah. I mean, the more, the more I you know, uh, think it over in my mind, the more I'm kind of slightly unhappy with it. When we were there, uh, I remember feeling uncomfortable at the start when he said he didn't like it. And I thought, okay, where's this going? And then, uh, he focused a lot on the retail simulator part of it. And I was horrified. Oh my God, are we going to end up with like, and Life isn't actually a very good retail simulator. It needs to be more like Farmville. I was really having a sort of sense of rising panic. Although I think Richard Hoffmeyer was pretty pleased that he wasn't going to play it live because <laughs> <laughs> it we'd have some bugs. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the, it, looking back in it, it's been an awful lot of time not talking about card life, trying to set the scene, which is a bit frustrating for me because I thought we all kind of were
0: aware most of the scene um, yeah and it was weird because um, you know he was he was talking about sort of how, how save the world plots are not interesting and save the world narratives if they're any good are not really about saving the world he mentioned King, you know children of men for example is one that isn't about saving the world it's about one man's redemption because he failed as a father you know okay um, and, and he was using these sorts of examples then he was throwing up things like you know Mass Effect 3 and Batman and you know oh, Batman's a superhero and all this kind of stuff and I felt like that stuff that is kind of understood at this point. We all kind of know that, at least in the scene here. It's a it's an indie indiecade, right? Yeah, it, th- this wasn't at uh, you know Comic Con or something, so I kind of felt that was a little strange. I I don't know. I mean, it, it's hard for me to judge what the and maybe this speaks to something. I don't know how you could really judge who was coming to IndieCade. It certainly was a lot of developers, a lot of people in the New York well, Indie have, scene. if I jump in and just say,
1: I think, yes, you have a lot of, uh, a variety of different people coming to
0: IndieCade, but not to that talk. Mm-hmm, hmm Yeah, sure, sure. That make, Yeah, that's a good point. So for Nick to spend a lot of time sort of discussing the 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 failings of, of games in general seemed kind of weird, to me anyway. And they're not long. I mean, well-played aren't long. At least they're not long at IndieCade. They were 30-minute slots. So I really feel like he squandered a lot of time that he could have been spending on the game. It almost seemed like he he wasn't happy with the game for some reason, which is totally fair. But he was coming at it from a different angle. It was almost like he was arguing against a game that doesn't really exist. Do you know what I mean? It's like... um... I would have liked to have seen, you
1: know, more blow-by-blow blow points, like like what I did last year, obviously. You know, I, I wanted to say, like, look, these are the things that you don't normally see in games. This is why this, at least these are my interpretations, this is why I think this works. And, and I love the fact, I, it's, you know, you want to say, I want to say his heart was in the right place because he got a lot of those things. You sure. can tell that, you know, this makes me feel in ways I don't expect. Um, and he's obviously speaking to the fact that maybe um, there's a certain amount of deception in there. And I wasn't sure if he, it's quite deliberate, you know, I wasn't sure if, if he really picked up on that. It felt like almost like um, Richard Hoffmeyer was trying to avoid, you know, discussing the details rather
0: than an actual deception. Uh, going, I think, I think. I mean, I don't want to speak for, for Richard Hoffmeyer, but I will because he's not here. Um, I think a lot of what, what people are reacting to with that retail simulation for windows. And, you know, that was my, when I interviewed, uh, Hoffmeyer, um, last summer, that was my like leading question, you know, uh, it's described as a retail simulation for windows. You know, why did you do that? Um, and I don't know that he had a really good answer for it. I think he sort of avoided the question, but I think he's not really trying to avoid it. He's trying to elide it and he's trying to trick people into playing the game and not in a bad way. I'm not using the word trick as a bad thing. I think it's one of those take your medicine with a spoonful of sugar type things it's really difficult to i mean for all we like to say about people playing games are getting older they're getting more mature they want more rich experiences that speak to something else that other art forms do really well and have done really well for for hundreds of years in some cases thousands of years maybe even it doesn't seem to me that Alex was really interested in talking. I mean, he seemed to be more interested in talking about that than he was in talking about what Cartlife specifically was doing well. You mean Nick, right, not Alex. Yes, Nick, sorry. <laughs> I had Alex stuck in my head for some reason.
1: Um Yeah, I mean going back to the just going back a little bit to the deception bit, I just want to say that I think Hoffman come out more on the record about that. Now, looking back at the Eurogamer interview, if I remember, he was worried now that people know what the game is, uh, it won't have the same effect. You know that the people who discovered it in the beginning, like myself, were, were blown away because, you know, we we didn't know what to expect. In fact, um, I knew there was something up about the game because when I saw the the trailer, it just looked a little bit strange—a fusion of elements that that just looked a bit crazy. So, um, I think Hoffman is now a little bit not sure if people are going to get it as much because it's known which speaks to me as if like he deliberately kept that door shut on the game he didn't want people to know what was inside until they
0: went in there but i think but i think on that on that note um i think we have to make clear that even if you know generally what the game is and you're not being uh deceived uh into and i, I mean i want to make clear i'm not using these words negatively um they're that that you're not being deceived into playing the game, thinking it's something else and getting something else out of it. You're surprised by it. That's a, you, you When you come to Cart Life in that fashion, uh, and I didn't come to Cart Life in that fashion because I actually discovered Cart Life through through your posts. So I knew somewhat about what was going on. And I think you sort of elided a lot of that in your first mm. Cart Life post deliberately, I think. Yeah. But I knew a little bit more. It wasn't just a retail simulation. I didn't go into it expecting a black and white lemonade tycoon. So, but it still worked for me. And I guess if you go into cart life, you know, like just how people sit down now and are watching, I you know, I can't even think of anything, but you know, some like weird experimental French movie or something. Uh, maybe a better example is something like Psycho, you know, where everybody knows the twist by now. And we're not shocked by it in the same way that people in 1960 were shocked by it. It's still interesting for different reasons, and you can take different things out of it. And the reactions that people have are always going to be different as things get more well-known. And so I think the nice thing about Cart Life is that—and this is, again, something that I don't know that Nick really talked about—to the talk's detriment is the fact that— I think Cart Life is a much more robust game than he was giving it credit for because people can come to it with different levels of knowledge and still get something really rich and meaningful out of the experience. I guess I'm worried. I don't want it just to become uh, like a
1: a design masterclass, an artifact for designers to look and say, yeah, those are really some cool ideas. We'll take those away. I still would like people to play that and feel, oh God, I'm going to use the word enriched. (laughs) <laughs> feel enriched by it um because you can that's how i you know that's what happened to me when i played the game it's you know as i said it was one of those games that started to make me think about other people's lives a little bit more than than other games did it, it wasn't just like some throwaway little cheap narrative from a to b this was no, you're going to live this you're going to go through this and you're going to understand precisely all of the complexities of of someone's life. Of course it's abstracted in certain ways. It can't be totally real because, you know, then it's is someone else's life. I mean, you're
0: not gonna put that in a computer. Um But I think but I think that's interesting because, you know, that really speaks to the fact that in any uh art form, you know, I it's all it's all lies and it's yeah. all obfuscation. I mean you're not looking unless you're watching a documentary. And even when you're watching a documentary, you know, someone has an idea that they're trying to get across, they're constructing it in such a way, they're cutting it in a way that elicits a certain type of interpretation of what's going on screen. There's no... I don't want to say there's no objectivity, but I, I'm going to say that because it's almost true. Mm. And so for me, the, the the fact of Cart Life is that the game makes me... These, these characters in Cart Life feel as real as anything that i have you know novel that i've read and like a really good movie that i've seen and that is an amazing achievement in and of itself because so few games do that i think because they're trying to be too realistic yeah it reminds
1: me of the 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 thing about where does aa go now into more photorealism which completely misses the point like just having like you know individually modeled hairs on on someone's face isn't actually going to create more believability probably just takes us close to uncanny valley territory more and more which is which is worse right Uh, you actually want to that's why the abstractions are better sometimes so you can engage more with the actual material itself and i think you know that's card life spends more time on trying to map out a much more believable narrative than many other games because it doesn't shortcut that much it, it actually says, look, we're going to follow through beat by beat by beat, start to finish. We're going to give you some of the real pressures these people face, while other games will, will shortcut it in many ways. I mean, the, the the direction of AA, I've already talked about this, even just recently, you know, press one click to do a very complex action. And Card Life will not let you do that, generally. Yeah, sure, you can click on something, you can select what to buy in a store, but... You know, when you're actually doing the job, you have to fold the newspapers, you have to do all this stuff. Remember what the order was. Actually do the calculations in your head for, for change. And at first, when all it, when it gets you initially, I mean, it throws you off. You're thinking, I don't know if I want to do this. But somehow, it's the people that pull you back. And then all this thing just works together in one big hole.
0: Yeah, no, definitely. And I think, you know, one of the things about Nick's talk that I that also aggravated me was... He really didn't mention any of that. I, I, he sort of he spoke a little bit about the map and how confusing it was, deliberately, I think, because if you come to a new city not knowing where anything is, it is going to be confusing. People are like, oh, go to that neighborhood because these kind of people live there. And oh, go to this neighborhood because these kind of people live there. Whatever. And you don't have any conception of what that's really like, where it is, how you get there. That makes sense to me. I mean, we all have experiences where we've moved to a new city or we moved to a new country and... You know, we we don't know how to get food, and I find that Cart Life gets that across really well in ways that I haven't seen games do before. And I just don't think that Nick was talking that much about that. He mentioned the thing about the watch, for example. If you don't buy a watch or you don't have a watch, you don't know what time it is. And on the one hand, you'd be like, "Well, that's stupid." You know, it's a game; you should know what time it is. But on the other hand, it really makes sense. And you can you can look at these mechanical things in the game as parts and and point them out and say well this didn't work because of this this didn't work because of this i found this confusing the the drudgery he called it drudgery the game is drudgery which i don't disagree with a lot of it is drudgery but all taken together as a whole as an experience it works because you're 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 it's putting you in the mindset and the position of someone who doesn't know where they're living doesn't know where they are doesn't know how to do things and it all works because it's all happening if he had shortcutted any part of that the game maybe would have fallen apart i think
1: yeah we're gonna to have to get into this drudgery isn't is not fun thing i mean that was the takeaway at the end right Which yeah is he like, actually
0: had a literal uh a, you know powerpoint slide that said yeah.
1: drudgery doesn't equal fun yeah so let's let's start with that oh. First of all, I want to say it's fine for people not to enjoy cart life. You know, uh, putting bugs aside, because not everybody's going to enjoy every single work of art or game or whatever. It's perfectly fine not to like something. And I'm thinking, like, let's. I think we need to think of cart life as something that's much more up in the art shelf rather than like a mainstream game that people can say, "Hey, I want to. I want to pretend to be a street vendor and go through the crap he does." You know, this is like. I like like the the, the Three Colours films, uh, Blue, White, Red, and some people are going to watch like, Blue and say, oh my God, this is so slow. Nothing is happening. Why does it keep on switching to music for no reason whatsoever? And that's fine. If they don't get it, I'm not going to say, you know, you have to watch it. And I even disagreed with Pippin Barr recently. Um, he... Uh, I say recently, last year. Uh, I love the original uh, um, Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy series from the BBC. It's very slow, and he he found it interminably slow. He couldn't couldn't bear it. But I love that, and I watched it twice yeah, in the last couple yeah. of years.
0: The example I always come up with this this um, this experimental Belgian movie from the seventies called Gene Dielman. It has this long title. It's like I don't know if you have ever read it. it or heard about it? Yeah. It's um it's like it's like three and a half hours long, four hours long, and it's just I don't. It was weird because Richard Hoffmeyer, you know, they sort of talked at the end of of, of the indicate uh, talk and he was mentioning something about this French movie where this woman was making meatloaf and preparing food for her her family and it was just a static shot of you actually watch her prepare meatloaf. And I thought maybe he was talking about this movie. Uh, I I meant to ask him about it, but I just forgot to. Uh, But it's a really, really fascinating movie because it's not entertaining. It's not fun to watch. You are bored by it. And the point is that you're supposed to be bored by it (laughs) because this woman's life is boring. And I'm not going to ruin the ending for anybody, but there's one thing that actually happens at the end of the movie. And in a more traditional narrative film, it would have come across as just a shocking ending that, you know, that's how you end it. But in this movie, it almost came across as, uh, as a punctuation mark. And it was just like, this is how this experience is going to end, and this is the end of this period in her life, and now something else is going to happen to her. The interesting stuff is happening now, and we're not going to see it. So it was all about like finding meaning in drudgery, I guess, and, and, and watching her prepare food and watching her walk to the store. I mean, it literally was like, and the camera doesn't move. I mean, that's the amazing thing about the movie. The camera does not move. So... Uh, I'm not sure where I was going with but, that.
1: But. I'm going I'm to take this a slightly different direction. I don't want to focus too much on this because I think that's that's a problem. Talking about the drudgery is not fun thing because it's not about that. It's about delaying the gratification. That's what what's it, what I think it's about. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. I'm thinking about um, a film I watched recently, Latin American film, Argentinian. I think. Oh God, I'm going to get the get the name wrong. Somebody got like Las Acevedas or something like that, and it's a really slow movie um and stuff doesn't seem to happen it's just this uh, truck driver taking somebody for for a lift basically for the journey and you know it's about their relationship it's, it's bitty dialogue just f- fragments and by the end of the film it's just like this is kind of like moment of of i don't know it's like a, an emotional i remember watching it feeling like I'm kind of like kind of my heartstrings really being tugged but that wouldn't have not have, that would not have happened unless i'd watched the entire rest of the film, unless the film was exactly as slow and deliberate as it was, and cart life, is that you need to go through that drudgery to hit that high point at the end, or even even the low point. Let's put yeah. it that way. I understood cart life's endings far more for for being dragged towards them through this life, and you throw away all that stuff which you will you're going to co-opt it as drudgery. I mean that will destroy the endings. And there's no point making that fun because it's like, I really enjoyed putting that, you know, selling newspapers on a soul. That is not the point. This guy's life isn't that bad. Selling newspapers is a lot of fun. Yeah. It... So I'm thinking that the drudgery is fun. It's missing the point. Maybe drudgery is a mechanic. And I know we've, we've really kind of circled around this a bit. And then the the problem is drudgery could turn into this, like, oh look, we're just going to dole it out again and again and again. And you're going to feel something with every game we make. And we've definitely had that in a number of games where they make you do something stupid um, to say, look, mechanics are stupid, that sort of thing.
0: Well, there's this there's this like new trend in, in games that I've seen where it like makes the controls not do what you want them to do. And I find that entirely aggravating because I feel like that's a really lazy way to get that across. I I just feel like, you know, if you're going to come up with something frustrating or or you want to make it feel like work or you want to make it feel like drudgery, uh, don't actively frustrate me by by not doing what I want to do, because the person who's selling newspapers and cutting the banding, if they're taking out their knife and, and, and actually performing the action, you know, unless they have a neurological condition, they're not dropping the knife on their foot. They're not trying to cut the newspaper and end up scratching their nose this is not what actually happens. And so that's how I feel that sort of mechanic in a lot of games now aggravates me. Uh, and, and and Cart Life just totally dodges that because the drudgery in the game, you know, and I think you're right that... And, then the, and the other thing, too, is that, you know, which which uh, uh, Nick didn't point out, is that the game isn't that long. And to, to play through one story, you can do that in a couple of hours. And so... it it never becomes this overwhelming experience i mean i found something you know triple if we're talking about triple a titles i found something like skyrim a lot more uh torturous to play than cart life just because there's no real challenge there and you're doing the same things over and over and over again and it becomes this mind-numbing exercise in like i don't know some some sort of weird video game sadomasochism uh I hate Skyrim, I mean, that's, that's but, but that's, you know, but, but, but people say that about cart life, but it's like, I don't find that to be the case at all. That's kind of like the, in a, in a way, the kind of ridiculousness of the point,
1: how much drudgery is in your everyday game. I mean, it's just painted, right? You've got, you've got, you don't want to pick on Farmville as the easy example, but games like that, and there's plenty of stuff on mobiles like that. Uh, I believe you're a fan of Tiny Tower. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry to out you. Why do you have to mention that? <laughs> um, but, you know, it's very easy to get sucked into the doing the same things again and again. And I've I've been through grinding as well. And I played uh, Polymorphous Perversity. And a big part of that, actually, is actually grinding your way up so you can, you know, take on bigger beasts. Uh, anyway, um, but you, you put yourself through it because the, the, the paint around it kind of convinces you through it. I think Cart Life takes away some of the paint a bit and says, look, you know, this is, this is meant to look like drudgery. And because of that, oh it's bad
0: right, right, yeah, that's a good point. I mean it seems to me that a lot of a lot of um people that play games at least that are of our age you know grew up in game with games that you know did require a lot of that sort of thing hours and hours and hours and hours of it. I mean I remember being ten years old and playing Final Fantasy and just you know you don't do anything but that, and uh, as games have gotten more quote unquote user friendly and you have flashing arrow marks everywhere and, um, you know, the, the button prompts are up on the screen all the time and, and, and these kind of things. You have quest logs and all this kind of stuff. It really becomes, I think, I think a lot of people have reacted to any game that has that sort of work in it as, whoa, whoa, this reminds me of when I had to do this in every single game and there was no point to it other than padding the game's length. And I think that's that's also a problem. They're not giving they're not giving games like Cart Life a fair shake. If I can even say that there are games like Cart Life, I don't think that there are.
1: That's the thing. You always keep on thinking: Did we just miss something? Did we just like uh, sleep through like the the precursor to Cart Life? But I can't think of anything which does some of the same narrative narrative slash narrative mechanical tricks that the cart life pulls out of the bag.
0: No, I mean, that, that was the thing. I mean, you know, it was, you know, I I don't know, just like semi-internet famous for my quote about cart life ruining games for me. And it's like, it really did though, because it seemed to come out of nowhere. It, it was, I was like, what is this game? Like, I don't understand even like w- what this even is, where it came from, who made it, like, wh- how did this happen? Uh, and I think that's, probably how people feel about a lot of leaps forward in in any art form.
1: That's the thing I said to I think I'm sure I said to uh Richard Hoffmeyer by email at the time, you know, when I was getting the articles ready initially, maybe some someone like that something like that. Uh I told him I'm gonna be talking we we're, we're gonna be talking about Cart Life for years. It's gonna be the the example. You know, there was so so much angst about how can we mesh mechanics and narrative together you know they're, they're different they're different things right if you want to, you want tetris over here that's fine you can't inject a story to tetris and then you've got something like um after a passage say and that's not really about the mechanics it's about like look at how they're aging as they go across the screen sort of thing and it's more about the how it looks um and you can't really putting those together is really tough cuz player agency destroys story and you know what? Cart Life kind of pulls it off. I just do not know um, anyone else to have done it so successfully.
0: No, I don't either. I mean, it re- I agree with you. I mean, that that was, and then I think that's one of the things that's greatest about Cart Life is the fact that it does do that. And I mean, to be blunt, the fact that Hoffmeyer pulls it off in a game which he made basically you know by himself uh, i mean other people worked on it but um certainly it was it was his thing uh it 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 should it should shame other developers because this can be done and if some guy who no one had ever really heard of before can pull this off and pull it off so brilliantly then yeah, this stuff is really hard, but but maybe we've all been making excuses.
1: Um, there is something I'd say I, I kind of worry about, and, and I'm kind of I've edged around it a little bit so far. Um, uh, Hoffmeyer is obviously the, a, a perfect example of sort of outsider developer. He's come from outside of game development and come into it with his own particular views and experience, his viewpoint, his, his particular perspective on how to create art and. It's created this, um, now the thing is, there are certain lessons to be learned. I worry about I always worry about when I see some kind of like new trick, like the smash cut in thirty flights of loving, yeah um can it be reused without looking old, and I wonder if the lessons taken away from cart life will be oh this is what you do with time and this is what you do with kind of drudgery type mechanics it's going to be a whole new study of uh, making the player work and i wonder will this actually create a new genre or a new kind of type of game which will actually be interesting or will we just end up with something that just looks like echoes of cart life but not quite the original because we've seen it all before yeah so it's my concern but I think it's always going to be like this. When you see something new, you don't know which way it's going to go.
0: Yeah, and I, I'm I'm not smart enough to to know where that's going to go. <laughs> I mean, I'm not. You know, I, I just don't know. And I, I it it is a difficult question to to ask. I think maybe where you can go with that is looking at something like the the jump cuts in Thirty Flights of Loving, or the 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 with the time thing in in Cart Life is uh, do they have a purpose outside of themselves and what is their purpose? And so I think if they have a purpose outside of themselves that, you know, someone could make the argument that the jump cuts in 30 flights of loving are just, you know, unnecessary, uh, flash flashiness, you know, no one has ever done it before. Film does it quite a lot. So we're just going to do it and I'm going to do it because it looks cool. It's obviously not what they are for in 30 flights of loving. And they do have a very specific purpose. Uh, and and I know anecdotally that other developers have talked about using them because they're they're so influential. I think in Thirty Flights of Loving, and everyone's like, "Whoa! How how can you do this in a game?" Like we couldn't th- we didn't think it was possible. Um, and I think you know with with Cart Life, it does things that that's the thing. I mean, I don't think Cart Life does anything new. Like if you take it on an atomic level, like mm-hmm. if you look at the different parts of it, I don't think it really does anything new. But I think what what Cart Life does that is new is it combines a lot of these things that we didn't think were possible and does them. And so, in that sense, all of the mechanics in Cart Life, I think, maybe don't have as much of, of, of Hofmeyer's fingerprint on them as we actually think they do. Interesting. Making me think now. <laughs> <laughs> well, let, let's move aside from the Judge fun thing for a second. I, there, you know, we we should talk a little bit about, you know, you mentioned this earlier. People saying, I, I don't want to play Cart Life. It's depressing right yeah and one of the reasons i wanted to 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 do a podcast episode about cart life um, aside from all the indicate stuff going on is the fact that i don't find cart life depressing and i i find it very i find it a very a very thoughtful game i find it sort of um, redemptive in a lot of ways and for me the game is really about and you can put a lot of different interpretations on it. And I've heard a lot of different interpretations of cart life, which is another reason why I think it's such a great game. But my own personal interpretation of cart life is that, uh, it's really a game about people, about the interactions people have, um, about the sort of like walls that people put up in their everyday lives and how those walls come down. And also just being part of a community about how you learn to be in a community and, what that says about, you know, who we are as people. And so I think a lot of that, you know, I don't want to spoil anything in the game, but um, you know, the first the first story I played was Melanie's story and the second one I played was was Andrus and I think Andrus's story is 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 uh the one that really gets me every time, but Melanie's story is 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 interesting in its own way and there's no real resolution to Melanie's story, which I think is interesting. <laughs> Uh, the first time I played it I was like what the (laughs) hell seriously like and I think that was because I was approaching cart life more as a video game and it was like I played that story I'm glad I played Melanie's story first because I was kind of like oh cool all right so I do this thing and I you know I have to pick up from school and I have to do this and you know I have to do that and at the end of it I'm gonna get to see the, the the hearing and you know but and I mean I guess I'm spoiling it now so I haven't played cart life too bad but uh, and then it just didn't happen, and I was like, "You fucker, <laughs> what did you do?" Um. So yeah, I don't. I don't think Cart Life is depressing. I think I think Skyrim is depressing, and I and maybe I maybe what people mean when they say Cart Life is depressing, and Skyrim is like my punching bag for some reason. I really hate that game. Uh is that it's more oppressive and it feels oppressive i would
1: i don't disagree with the necessary interpretation about it's about the wars between people coming down because um one of the effects it had on me which is related to my particular interpretation and my interpretation was more about it instructs you about these people's lives at the bottom who are trying to you know, cobbled together an existence and the determination to do so in the face of, you know, huge adversity and, you know, lack of support. Um, and they don't always make it. And, and, but if they do make it, it's such a, it's such a beautiful thing. And that's what I took away from it. And so it was like a message of it's it one, one half it says, yeah, the world's pretty shit. <laughs> but the other half says, look at what, how magical people are by themselves. And, yeah. I that then infected me and I live a pretty nice lifestyle. I am I'm not short of money um and it's very easy you know to even if you're like you know vote say uh, social politics so, uh, socialist politics you know, can easily still forget individuals those are ideas they're not people um and so you always make like value judgments, even in the back of your mind, your subconscious and you meet people and people, you know, give you a drink uh, at a a store or something. And you, you're just thinking, um, God, they give it to me slowly, you know, or come on, could you put a bit of a smile on your face or whatever? And you just slowly treat people as services, you know, and that takes away the humanity dehumanized. And that's got worse over the years, right? We've gone from the so-called mom and pop stores into franchises, which have pushed out those, those corner stores, and and now you know everybody's treated, to, um, everybody's brought up to think of people as service, as a service window, and so when you play something like Heart Life and you see the life behind that screen, it's kind of like a strange. It wakes up your own human humanity a bit, and I remember particularly after I played it, thinking about the people who are serving me, and that and that is forget about all the depressing shit that might occur in the game that that change in, in, in myself. I, you know, I haven't had another game do something like that to me.
0: Yeah, no, I, I, I feel the same way. I mean, after I played cart life, you know, I, I did start noticing, you know, things about the people that were, were serving me as well. And, um, you know, I, I'm not, uh, I'm not rich money bags like, like Joel, but, um, you know, uh, I I did you know I I started you know it's it's interesting because I'm having trouble verbalizing it which is bad for a podcast but I really feel like I'm I'm kind of a I'm a quiet person I'm 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 sort of introverted and 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 you know people I can come across as standoffish and I don't generally. I'm not generally like overtly friendly to, to people that, you know, if I buy a newspaper or buy coffee from someone, you know, I'm like, yeah, this is transactional and I'm just not really paying attention to them. And I sort of feel like, especially after I played cart life, I tried being a little bit more like, Oh yeah, you're a person. Um, And even if it's something like, you know, buy a coffee from the coffee guy, like, you know, it's terrible for me to say, but I would never tip. And like, now I'm just like, Oh, you know, just if it's a dollar 25, keep, Keep you know, I just give them two dollars and say you know, just keep it. It's fine. Don't don't worry about it. You know, because um, they're not making a lot of money. Yeah. And I, you know, I mean, I'm I'm not rich, but you know, I I manage my money well, and I I can do that. You know, and so if I'm in a position where seventy five cents doesn't mean a tremendous amount to me, I go ahead and I do that. And maybe that's the way that we can do that. I mean, I'm not expecting to befriend every coffee guy. And I'm not expecting to, like, be the person that he's going to call if he needs to go to the hospital. We all have to have our sort of worlds still. But it does, rem- you know, Cart Life did remind me of that as well. So um, I didn't hear you say that you were tipping more. So so maybe that means I'm a better person than you. But
1: well, UK is a different place. Uh, I mean, I've I've always kind of tipped a little bit uh, where, where it's sort of expected but uh we don't don't have like uh stalls, you know, um <laughs> on on the street
0: corners as much as uh, perhaps out here. Yeah, yeah. Um yeah, I'm not sure there's there's too much else to say, but uh I guess what what would be the what would be the takeaway for you from from Nick's presentation? I mean, obviously we both think that he got it wrong and didn't spend enough time on the game itself, but if if someone like him who's at an indie conference can end a presentation with, well, drudgery doesn't equal fun, so cart life is a bad game, which was basically what his argument was, ha, ha, does that give us any hope for ever getting over this idea of fun as the goal in and of itself of any game? I'm more positive, to be honest, because cart life is out there now. And you know
1: people are going to play it, and hopefully they'll play through it. And it doesn't matter if Nick one presentation ended like that. Um, That's just a data point. Sure. Sure. And I think uh, he he was he spoke quite highly of it, despite that it was just that's the unfortunate final final slide, which is kind of unrepresentative of the entire talk. And I think the ideas of car life will still proliferate despite that i think there is something to be said about um we have had this battle for many years about you know games need to be fun i actually saw there it was a page that said um a game is pretentious if it is not fun and i totally disagree with where that. was that <laughs> i'll talk to you after the show okay um and the fun component is like this big thing it's like well, game means fun. It has to be. And we've al- I thought we'd already got past that. Yeah. Which yeah. is very strange why it came up in Card Life because we've had other little indie games. I mean, is he mentioned dysphoria. Is dysphoria fun? Right. I mean, it I didn't like play it and felt entertained. You know, it's not that sort of thing. So I think we are moving past it. And this is just like growing pains. Uh, what we end up afterwards, I don't know. Um, but this could only have come from the
0: indie development side of things it would never have come from mainstream no of course not no absolutely not and uh you know maybe the final the final point we can take is uh it, it's heartening to see cart life start to get a lot of attention and get attention from, from 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 you know pretty big places and uh the the good thing is it's out there and it's in the world and more and more people are being exposed to it whether they they take away from it you know what their' what they're um supposed to quote unquote or not is, is, is up for debate. But, uh, uh, at the end of the day, like you said, it's out there and, you know, maybe, you know, if we have a discussion in, in five or 10 years about the, uh, the legacy of cart life, I hope that we can actually have that discussion that it's, it's an interesting one because I would like to see a lot of games be influenced by cart life. And, uh, I would also like to see what happens when, Games start realizing that they can combine all of their disparate parts into one whole and have it have some sort of purpose, which I don't think happens a lot now. There's not a lot of thought about every single component of the game and how they all fit together into some sort of cohesive whole. Sounds good to me. All right. Well, thanks for listening, and uh,
1: that's it. Thank you all.